We are back with yet another podcast for the American Advertising Federation District 10. This is called Attention. I'm Ray Shillings. Hope your holidays are going great. Hope you're staying safe and uh, hope you're looking forward to uh, good things to come in 2021. Attention is conversations with the people in our industry who make advertising and marketing impactful and relevant to our stories. Take you behind the scenes on a variety of advertising platforms where we explore current trends and topics. AAF District 10 promotes professional development and networking, recognizes advertising excellence, provides news and resources, helps develop future industry leaders, and promotes the value of ethical and transparent advertising. And you can find out more at aaf10.org. That's aaf10.org. Rand Worgen is Associate Professor at the University of South Dakota Marketing and Sales Expert, Witness. That's what it says, at least about you, Rand. He's the Senior Marketing Faculty Member at the University of South Dakota's Beacom School of Business, earned his PhD uh, from uh, Oklahoma, right? Yes. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Yeah. Can't make that mistake. Mm, Okay. Oklahoma State. Okay. That's like here in Texas, A&M or UT. Yeah. Which one would you like? Okay. Mm -hmm. This is at the insistence of Carter Campbell, VP, Director of Account Services at Freestyle Creative in Oklahoma City. And you're going to say, why are these two guys connected? Yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you. That's because Carter was a student of Rand's at Oklahoma State. That's a cool thing. So that's why we're all together today talking here. And it's going to be a fun conversation because we're not only going to explore advertising and marketing, which we should, considering this is a show for the American Advertising Federation District 10, but we're also going to explore uh, uh, winemaking, (laughs) (laughs) bees, and there's something in, in there about you Rand, that said you're 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 part of the Airstream group followers. Do you have an Airstream, man? We don't right now. We did. We bought one, restored it, and then sold it. Made some money, and now we're looking for our next adventure. So yes, I was actually on Craigslist thirty minutes ago, looking at one at Omaha's, thinking if I could get that past my wife. I'm not optimistic. We'll see. But they're so cool, and they're oh. so neat, and so iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, got into my first Airstream. I was hooked. So if you need any encouragement, I'll chat with your wife. It'll be fun. <laughs> but but <laughs> you also love to ride bikes. You've got, I, I, I see a picture of you yep. here on the, on the podcast, but I said, is that you? You go, no, it's not no, me. You no. should have just said, yeah, it's me. Yeah. I was doing the, uh, you know. I was never uh, that strong. The race in France. Uh, yes. Yeah. And also, and I'm going to get this out of the way right now. So you're also a ski instructor. I mean, what haven't you done? Uh, you, you make wine. I haven't flown any I'm sorry. I haven't flown any planes. Aviation okay. is not in my portfolio yet, but but we're working on it. Carter, Carter. On the other hand, have you done anything exciting in your life? Tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> Going through two children at the moment, one that's five and one that's two, is definitely exciting. Uh, has its hey. uh, roller coaster rides, but I'm going to take that <laughs> entertainment for myself right now. So <laughs> we're we're keeping busy in this pandemic year. So many people are so tired of, of 2020. I'm not because I'm I'm on the school of if you're listening to what's going on in the world, you will be enlightened by what is going on in the world. 
and come out as a better person in 2021. Just Indeed. avoid the COVID, wear the mask, all that kind of stuff. And anyway, but 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 this is um, this is um, so much fun to talk to uh, to both of you. You know, Rand, you you've done a lot of um, a lot of uh, papers on uh, various aspects of advertising, the effect of product category knowledge and imagery on evaluations of avatar-based advertising. Uh, also, a, a test mm-hmm. of learning concepts, teaching business integration to freshman business students, learners via podcasting. That's an interesting thing as yes. well. Uh, because it seems to me, guys, and 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 Carter, as, as, it, as it relates to freestyle, uh, I'm sure things have changed for you the way you're doing business. I'm sure today, as we record this podcast, you would traditionally be uh, at a client and or at the office. But there you are at your mother-in-law's. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> yep. In many cases, so, yes. It's gone all virtual. So let's, let's, let's kind of get a backstory on Rand. And we'll do it through you, Carter. Talk about your experience uh, with Rand as your professor at OSU. Okay, talk about that. Well, first, I'd probably like to say he uh, probably changed and saved my life all at the same time because I was entertaining going into geology, and I quickly learned that was not the uh, course for me. Uh, So once I actually found myself in, uh, it was a Marketing 101 course, and he was my professor at the time, that's immediately whenever I knew that's what I wanted to do, and uh, I haven't looked back since. So I've just continued just to build upon all that. Uh, He was extremely instrumental in the sense of my career path and helping me structure and build resumes. And I'll never forget walking into his office and looking it over and reading over my bullet points. Right. And he's like, why, why, (laughs) why? I was like, okay, I understand what you're saying. I'll get back to you on this later. Yeah. So that, uh, so a geology major gets into advertising and marketing. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, you couldn't see that coming. Energy based. Uh, obviously you've been having fun doing that yeah Yeah. and obviously you've been having fun doing that and uh obviously he taught you the right stuff Uh, rand congratulations well thank you You have a success story on your hands here with with carter i think it's wonderful carter is also the chairman of the american advertising federation oklahoma city by the way as we do this uh, podcast for district 10 so, okay, Rand, let's look at Carter now from a student perspective. What did you see in this guy uh, at, at Oklahoma State that um, uh, you thought, you know, there's something here? Uh, work, ethic. You- work ethic. I mean, bottom, bottom line, you know, mm-hmm. the, the students that stand out are the ones that are going to be ha- going to deliver the diligence to focus on the material and to really enjoy that material, you know, the marketing to me and my kind of arrogant frame of mind is I don't think it's hard. There's not a lot of math in my side of marketing. Now there is a lot of math if you go in the analytics side, but in the class that Carter took, that's our one-on-one class. It's just, it's a shotgun of information trying to frame people's concepts of the world that they live in. And when you get college students, you know, they're Carter, you were probably 20, maybe I'm going to guess at that time. Something about that. Yeah. 16 yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so they've got a great deal of experience in the consumer side of the world. You know, they've been shopping. They know what it looks like to shop. So this, this business to consumer world from the consumer side is very relevant to them. But the world of selling, of actually creating content, of, of delivering a message, that is totally foreign to these kids, these, these 20-year-olds. And so what we do in this these classes, especially the first class, it's a taxonomy class. It's a a definition class. Let's give you concepts to think about. Let's give you words and say what the meaning is behind those words. 
And for some kids, it's boring. I mean, oh my gosh, you know, I have to sit through another lecture. Uh, but for some, it lights a fire. And for Carter, it did. And it's kind of cool. And uh, to see him come in, you know, he comes into the office. And if I remember right, that's probably my office up on the fourth floor that had no windows. And it was pretty, pretty um, austere. <laughs> I seem to recall that setup, yes. Yeah. Um, and it's fine. You know, it's, it's where I was in that part of, part of my career. Uh, but they would, I would, it wasn't a big office. I have a fairly sizable office here now, but I would have, you know, sometimes 10 kids crammed into that office talking about concepts, talking about marketing and, and how do we work with people? People are messy. And what does it take to convey a message to a customer, to a prospect to say, Hey, we have a solution for you. You have a problem and, and I know a guy or I know a thing and we can help you solve that problem. And that's, that's really cool to see that light bulb. And I think that's one of the things that, that Carter experienced is that, hey, I can help people. I can, I can work with people and, and, and improve their lives. And I think that's important for us to consider what we do in business. Mm -hmm. that, makes, that makes an awful lot of sense. You know, one of the things, Rand, uh, that you, uh, about you, your research interest, uh, it says here, lie broadly in the areas of consumer behavior and public policy. Let's talk about the consumer behavior part because that's what we just touched on just a moment sure. ago. You know, it seems to me beyond the creative, beyond the creative, it, it becomes secondary to what, as you said, what what is the expected result, and how do we reach those people with the message properly? Indeed, you know, we're one of the things that I like to do in my research is take this public policy and consumer behavior, and and meld them a little bit, and uh, we see a, a ton of evidence anecdotally as consumers that 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 business is evil and business is out there to get us and to take our money and and you know and and there's I, I fight that battle all the time as a, as a business professor you know you you business people are just evil so but no we're we're not you know business is an institution that was invented to solve problems and that's one of the first things i i try to teach to these these students that you know that carter was 12 14 years ago sir Mm -hmm. uh, something like that. Something um, like that, yes. Yeah, <laughs> is that uh, you know you somebody has a problem, and and if I know a guy, I can help you solve that problem. Well, marketing's job, marketing. The definition of marketing is to bring buyers and sellers together. We bring buyers and sellers together to form an exchange where we trade something, and that trade is where I give up something I don't need very much to get something that I do. So I go to Walmart. And I say, hey, I need I need clean teeth. Walmart has toothpaste. I'm going to give them my money. Walmart wants my money more than I do, and I want the toothpaste more than they do. We trade. We're both happy. You know, that, Walmart helped helped me solve a problem. I got toothpaste, and you know that's that's a good thing. So this consumer behavior part of the business is to say, okay, people are messy. Sometimes people don't know what they need. You know, green eggs and ham. I think Dr. Seuss has a great you know marketing story for us. That uh, that Sam I am, you know, has a solution, but the I don't know the other character's name is, you know, but doesn't want it. You know, green eggs and ham is going to be good for you. You'll love it. You know, it's on a box. It's with a fox and all that other stuff. Marketing's job is to introduce these solutions to customers and to say we're here to help you. And and we find over and over again that satisfied customers will simply throw money at us. If you have a solution that's better than the other guys, there is no dispute on price. They will throw money at you. And what's the problem with that? What's the problem with solving people's problems and being rewarded for that? That's that's the cool thing about what we do in marketing and in business. 
You know, one thing that uh, that I see many times is that's our goal, that's our desire uh, to, uh, to to get that equation and uh, mm -hmm. the solution to the uh, the question or the problem. But so many times, sometimes creativity gets in the way, and the client cannot see that that's what you're trying to demonstrate and do. And and Carter, I bet you have uh, that same experience uh, at Freestyle as well, where you've got something, you understand what the problem is, you understand how to to get to the solution. But what you've presented to the client is not necessarily comprehensible in their minds. Well, why can't we just do something simpler like that? Um, how, how do you guys? How do you guys both handle something like that? And I'm sure that comes up every day. Mm -hmm. Depending on the creative, uh, one way to kind of go about that is uh, an A/B test of sorts, and that way you kind of get to have the client's uh, side effect there, and then also more of the agency side effect or the creator side effect, uh, just to kind of showcase a point you know a lot of times it's also a matter of you know this is who the perceived audience is well let's run something let's see how people engage with it let's see the kind of results we get and then the results will tell us more of who the audience actually is what they like what they're clicking on and then we can develop some additional assets to support that type of initial creative so that's just some of the different ways that we could potentially go about it but yeah it's a, it's an ongoing conversation yeah. So one of the things that happens, you know, I'm not in the trenches as, as Carter is in working with clients, but once in a while we'll get um, a business call us and say, hey, I've got a great idea for a student project. You know, they're looking for free labor. And, and I wish I had a dime for every time I had a, 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 a company or a representative call me and say, I want the next viral video. And they're, they're Sure, you want you want my students to create. You know, Carter, you're smiling because you probably hear this, right? <laughs> you want my kids to create the next viral video, so uh, it, you know there's a disconnect. They just don't get it. So, so how do you start to make that connection? How do you start to train to educate your client? And so Carter kind of hinted at that in the beginning of the conversation when I when I looked over his when it looked over his resume and I looked at the bullet points. What did I say? What did I say, why? sir? Why? Said, right? so, why? Why? Tell me why. <laughs> yeah, tell me why. So when we we get a uh, in in my world, we get this this business saying, "Hey, I want I want some free help." You know, because I got a great idea for a student project, and here's what I want. We got to pull back and say, "Okay, why? Why? What is what is it you're looking to get?" And let's try and and match that with which what is really feasible. And so there's a lot of training that goes on, a lot of education. And, and you have to be really humble when you do it. And you have to be, you know, they, they look at me as a PhD and they go, oh, well, you're just an arrogant SOB anyways, and which may be true. Uh, but you have to deliver that in such a, in a gentle fashion so that they, that they want to listen to you. Yeah. So there's a lot of listening that goes on when you're starting to talk to these, these folks and saying, okay, give me the why and then and, and stand back and listen to pick out the pieces that you can deliver, that you can make an effect upon. Wow. You know, uh, I've never been a big fan of focus groups. Maybe you guys are. I'm not because I feel focus groups can necessarily be swayed one way or the other and be said, you know, uh, told. But, but we do rely on on testing things, testing ideas. Mm -hmm. How is this working? How is this working there? Maybe test two or three different uh, uh, types of programs. What do you look at, and, and I'll ask uh, Carter this uh, to you, as you throw out ideas and you throw out uh, things at Freestyle, um, what do you do to, to really ensure that you've done the right thing for the client, Carter? 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'll be the first to say I'm not paid for creative, uh, but sometimes it's nice to throw creative in there that will never make it because, you know, you have to eliminate every option, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely, uh, you know, kind of to Rand's point too, it's like you kind of understand the why. And uh, I think a lot of it's just really, you know, visiting with clients, you got to build the relationships and really kind of getting to the heart of what you believe is going to work, but also believing what's going to work for them as well. So it's a lot of just, you know, kind of brainstorming, coming up with different ideas, throwing out good ones, throwing out bad ones. It's kind of like, yes, and I don't know if you're familiar with that book, but from the second city, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of the evolution of the creative idea. Like someone throws something out there and it's never just like, no, it's not going to work. You just build upon that, whether it's going to be right or wrong, but that just kind of like enhances that creativity. And it also gets everybody else involved. That way it's not just your creative director being the sole person with all the ideas coming up with them all the time. What about you, Rand? How would you address uh, something like that from your perspective? You know, focus groups have waxed and waned in both popularity and effectiveness in my my 30-year career. So when I when I started in this business, I I, I remember as a 20-year-old being you know, focus groups are just just the thing and it's the, it's the coolest thing and I've done I've done more than a handful. And I find that the benefit or the efficacy of a focus group really depends on the moderator. Is Does the moderator have a strong command of the question, of the research question? And can they guide the conversations without rabbit trailing into, uh, you know, junk? I, I don't know how else to put it, but, you know, some things that are not productive. And also cultivating an environment where uh, the even the weak voice, the the timid voice, has a place to play, so that the the strong uh, alpha type character doesn't overwhelm the conversation. So again, it, it comes it comes a lot into this Socratic method. Of uh, so- Socrates taught his his uh, his students through through a series of questions, which again comes back to this why. So a talented uh, uh, researcher would be very keen on guiding these why questions through the conversation and then being able to document and, and then synthesize. At the, at the end of it, we got to synthesize all the answers, all the responses we've got and trying to find the, the trends. You know, what is going on with the theme of the conversations that progress through the, you know, the 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever it was for our, our focus group. Okay. It makes total sense there. You know, uh, uh, with COVID, and let's talk about COVID, just because it's out there, folks, and it's changed so many behaviors. Uh, Both of you, relate your year and uh, from an an ad climate uh, standpoint, Carter, for freestyle. uh, Talk about March and talk about from March until now that we're recording this podcast. Uh, And and Rand, I want to talk, uh, I want you to talk about the, uh, from the school uh, aspect as well. Indeed, so go go for it, guys. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, looking back at March when all of this started coming through, uh, we all had to make some adjustments, and we all had to learn how to work better from home and still maintain communication uh, with all of our different clients as they were going through the very same process as well. And you start to learn that um, communication is uh, even more key than you even <laughs> believe it to be. You know, you start getting to the point of text messages, slacks, emails, whatever form of communication. And then it's like, okay, well, how do we actually consolidate that? So we're not having to, you know, do all of those various channels at the same time. So just kind of going through uh, the different ways of working remote life uh, has it's been a challenge. But, you know, I think we all had to figure out how to adapt quick. And uh, from our industry standpoint, we were fortunate enough that we were able to 
uh, be remote. And a lot of the clients that we work with uh, have the same uh, outcome as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably been the biggest part of this year and things are still going well from our standpoint, but it's been an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. What about you, Rand, from your perspective there? You know, we, we left for spring break in March, anticipating mm-hmm. it as being a normal spring break, and it turned into a two-week spring break. We came back the following Monday, you know, two Mondays later, and it was all online. So we had to pivot. I hate that word pivot right now because it's overused, but we had to create, uh, move all of our curriculum at the midpoint of the semester to an online delivery format. And I had used Zoom a little bit before then, and now I know more about Zoom than and not everybody does. I, mean, I think everybody's in that boat. So what it means is that the effective student, and both the, and for in my world, the effective instructor, and I think this would also translate for Carter's world, is the the prepared one, is the the student is the person that is organized and has their system in place. They know what their their goal is. And so when I moved from uh, the half, at the halfway point, I had every week of the semester outlined. So, and I had that published it, I I revised the syllabus. I said, okay, kids, hey students, this is exactly what we're gonna do week to week. There is no surprises. And so that, that's, you know, that kind of organization helped give them some some foundation, something that they could stand on and made, made it easier for them. The other thing that we had to emphasize, and I think this is relevant for Carter's work, is that we knew that graduation was blown apart. We were we will not have a graduation. Okay, so I and I work with a lot of seniors. You guys don't get to walk across the stage. Your parents don't get to come. You know, live with that. Just suck it up, Buttercup. You know, it, it's it's the way it is. Um, you know, in the summer, the summer doesn't look really attractive either. And 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 I had I had a student had a fantastic job offer. She was going to make $60,000 base on a, on a, a sales job. I mean, that was just a fantastic job that she had. It was re- lined up, COVID hit, and the, the offer was yanked out from underneath her. And she had to, you know, it just, just, it was hard. And so my, my message to the students at that point is, okay, now you're at home. I'm at home. Welcome to the club. We're having to figure out what this works. But that doesn't mean we're playing Nintendo. That doesn't mean that we're playing on the Xbox. My employers that I have a relationship with are still hiring. Now, their hiring has changed remarkably the way they do it, just like everything else. So, so get used to that. You're young, you're flexible, it'll be fine. But the first question all of my hiring authorities have asked is, what did you do during the pandemic to improve yourself? Mm. Every question, question. It is a great question. And so my emphasis to them is you need to show evidence that you're not at home just riding out the, the COVID. You know, we don't care about that. What we care about is how are you sharpening your saw? How are you getting better at what you're doing? And so this, um, this young woman who had the, the offer pulled out from underneath her, you know, that was okay. So, okay, great. You know, you, you went into this week uh, with a, a prospect of a good job that was taken away from you. So now you're back to square one. What are you going to do? So we, we, we created a strategy. We sat down and we said, okay, we've, we've got assets on LinkedIn. You have a good LinkedIn profile. You have connections on LinkedIn. How are we going to exploit that? You have uh, a, a network of connections that you've made through your involvement on two campus organizations uh, with hiring authorities. How are you going to work with that and use that LinkedIn to do that? You have the assets at the university with our uh, career services department, and and they're, they're ready to help you too. So so now you don't have a, a great job. So now just go get a job. And, you know, and she did. She, 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 three months later, she got a job. It wasn't 
nearly what she had. Don't get, and that's hard to expect in, in this world. But you know what? Uh, we're what nine months later. She's doing really well, and she's shown that she's a leader in that in the job that she has. And they're looking to move her up. Wow! So you know, here's a kid that got it, and that that excites me. Is that is that are you talking about? Um, uh, is she uh, alone in that, or are there, are there no, many others that are like no, that? No, I mean, I can I can pull I can pull a handful of stories, you know, just from this spring of of students that had you know just had the world the carpet pulled out from underneath them, and they had to figure out how to how to get back up. And the smart ones, you know, put, looked at their resume. They looked at their LinkedIn, and they said. And it was a fascinating thing with LinkedIn right now is, is how that you can use that to build your brand. And, and there's, you know, there's so much on, in the LinkedIn universe on, on building brands and whatnot. But I, I asked the students to think about their LinkedIn profile as a curation, to curate it. You know, this is a, a, a $3 word that's not really familiar to the students. You know, like a museum curator. What does that mean? Well, okay, strategically tell me what are you going to do in the next 12 months to in increase your exposure to the target audience that you want? We're marketers. We do target audiences all the time. So who is your target audience? You know, give me that list of prospective employers. Give me that list of, of hiring authorities. What are their names? Well, I don't know what they are. Well, go find them. You're a marketer. You can figure this out. Hmm. And, then, and then now you've got the target market. What are the traits? What are the things that they want to see from a kid graduating college today, what is this this young adult going to look like? And so we have a we have a list, we have a list of traits. And which ones do you want to show that are important to you, and then to your candidate, your target employer? Okay, so we we you know, we can think about that, and then now curate your LinkedIn. I don't want a daily post. I mean that's just too much. But how about a weekly post, a post once a week? talking about different parts of your character. Okay, you want to show off you're a hard worker? Well, don't tell me you're a hard worker. I don't care. I mean, everybody can put down, I'm a hard worker on their resume. That's, you know, Carter, you probably had that on yours too. I don't know. Um, but show me that you're a hard worker let's, let's through some that. evidence. I don't know if that's true. That's too long ago. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we want to curate this, this LinkedIn approach this tool that we have to show who we are, to brand ourselves. And a lot of kids, they get that. They know what that looks like and they've survived. They're doing okay. Is it hard? Well, yeah, but you know what? It was hard in 1988 when I graduated and Carter, I don't think it was any easier for you. This, the tools were different. Yeah. 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 You know, it's not easy. Uh, Net, power of network is a big thing too. You know, I, th I find that to be a centric uh, issue, not a problem necessarily, but a centric issue with uh, an advertising agency. You, you, so many people, so many agencies don't know how to promote their own brand. You know, you'll oh. ask them, how, how do you generate, how do you generate uh, new business? They say, well, we get all our new business with RFPs. And, and it's like, well, no, 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 no. And um, we've done a, a podcast before with folks who help agencies understand better. Mm. And I'm not suggesting uh, that the free style is like this, but I'm sure you've had challenges like this. If somebody asked you, what do you do? You would have to think twice and go, okay. Um, yeah, we get, I think all ag agencies need to work on that aspect of, of the brand or the personal brand, especially during uh, COVID-19. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. uh, things that are going on in the world are totally different than we've ever experienced before. I love the fact, you remember the song Chumba Wumba? I get not, get knocked down, but I get up again. <laughs> that should be the song for 2020. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm just saying that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, I, I was looking at this article uh, earlier today. Uh, Bombas, the guys who make the socks. First of all, would you invest in a company that made socks? I don't think so. But apparently it would have been a good thing for Bombas to do. Uh, and it says many marketers searched for brand purpose. That's a, that's an, I love that title brand purpose during 2020 brand mm -hmm. purpose, but it was already built into the Bombas uh, company and, and company cultural. So switching promotional emails to overflows of its homelessness support was a natural fit that boosted sales. They're up 40% selling socks. Okay. That's David Heath, the founder. We were really ready to set up a, to weirdly take advantage of everything that we've done to react to the pandemic. So here's this company, you know, you know, you buy a pair of socks to give a pair of socks away. What a great idea. I'm not sure that a lot of brands get what Bamba has. Uh, I understand the desire for people to purchase products and to, to make a consumer decision to do that. But I think Bamba's just ought to get five stars for their yeah. uh, creativity. And, and I wish I had, stock in Bombas because yeah. it probably is going well right well, now. Well, Ray, what, what they're doing was talking about, we, we talked about this in 1960 with an article called Marketing Myopia. Came out mm. um, in the Harvard Business Review, one of the kind of a trade journal that they still have. Uh, you know, Marketing Myopia is defining your mission as what you do. I'm a school teacher. If I, if I just define myself as a school teacher, okay, I'm a college professor. I'll, I'll put some ego to it. You know, well, that's, that is totally insufficient. Um, I love talking about a mission statement that actually says, what is the benefit that you provide for your customers? And this is what your, your little Bombas sock company is alluding to. You know, they're out there making a difference. They don't make socks. They're helping people. And, and I, you know, Harley Davidson has one, one of the best mission statements ever. I think it's really cool. Now, Harley-Davidson has its own set of issues and challenges right now in the, in the, in the marketplace, but their mission statement isn't the, isn't the problem here. Their mission statement is really cool. And I'll, I'll paraphrase it. It says that we, uh, we help people fulfill their dreams through motorcycles and motorcycle-related products. And I, I ask my students, what would it be like to go to work, even if you're just working in the factory, to know that your job is to help fulfill people's dreams. Yeah. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that make a difference? And so my challenge, and I think Carter and I had an earlier conversation about this on mission statements and whatnot, is, is that we are too easily defining ourselves by what we do. I make socks, you know, that's about as exciting as watching paint dry, mm -hmm. but no, I, I help people. I help communities. I, I, I make a difference and that that's part of my mission. Boy, what a great way to say that. Dr. Rand Worgen is associate professor at the University of South Dakota, and Carter Campbell is his best student ever. No. <laughs> Indeed. Success story. That's what it is. I like He's that. Hey, Rand, do you miss the face-to-face? -face? Sounds to me like you've adapted really well to this Zoom oh. world we live in. Do you miss it, though? I miss the face-to-face, -face, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, I'm fortunate in that we shut down just a little bit. We shut down for half the semester. So we have some face-to-face -face interaction this fall semester, not as much as I would like. 
but that interaction of getting to know students and being a part of their lives is, is I, I've got the best job in the world and I want to be able to continue to do that. Yeah. And, and a whole bunch of great hobbies as well, too. <laughs> so Carter, how has freestyle changed and adapted to creating a new message and connecting with your clients and their, their consumers? What have you guys done new since uh, the pandemic came out? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's something that we continue to talk about. And, you know, you just mentioned the, uh, the back in person thing and missing out on that. And we actually had a client meeting yesterday and it went great. They had a big conference room. We could all space out, do all that kind of stuff. Right. Well, you know, we finished doing what we were doing business wise. And I think we spent the next 30 minutes just like just hanging out. It's almost like it was a breath of fresh air for everyone. Uh, so, you know, any opportunity that we can, you know, try to do something in person is great, obviously in a respectful manner, but uh, you know, I don't think there's a solution out there. Uh, ultimately, I think it's still trying to maintain your relationships with clients and picking up the phone and calling them, texting them on Thanksgiving or Christmas and just saying happy holidays, hope all is well, and just really trying to stay connected, you know, the best that you can in that route. But uh, yeah, if you guys have the uh, perfect solution, I'd be all ears because it's probably the million dollar idea outside of socks, mm -hmm. of course. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. We're all getting into the sock business. I like it. Mm -hmm. Making socks out of uh, wine stuff. It'll be a perfect idea. <laughs> there I you go. That. Great. Please great see that. And we'll sell bicycles at the same time. It'll be a wonderful thing. I'm you know, so we all, we've got the vaccine coming our way without going mask, no mask, vaccine, no vaccine. There are people who are going to shy away from the vaccine and, and, and I, we don't know what's coming in 2021. How is it set up? At the university, I mean, are you, is, is it a wait and see for you guys there as well? We will be face-to-face -face this spring semester. It will be socially distanced. It'll be masked. I have my mask behind me. I've got, you know, we've got this, the face shields. We've got X's on the chairs that students can sit on so that we can get the distances. Um, so that, that part is awkward, but it's doable. Uh, the students, the undergraduate students, it's really hard for them. My, my, my graduate students, you know, they're a different population. You know, they're usually returning professionals. They have the discipline, the maturity, the focus to be successful. But your your 18-year-old through maybe 21 to 22-year-old that has not been tested like this or may not be focused on school as much, they're hurting. And if they if they can't get into the classroom to build those relationships, and if I can't join them in the classroom, that's that's problematic. And so we're doing all that we can to entice them to come to class. We still don't want to don't get me sick. You know, if you're sick, stay home. And that, you know, that message is still clear. Yeah. But the classroom is important. We can do a lot of things virtually. Yes, we can do a lot of things virtually. But social Are distance you, is, is important. Absolutely. Right. What about you, Carter? Yeah, you know, if uh, Ryan Reynolds goes and gets the vaccine, I think the rest of the advertising community will go do it as well, uh, considering the iconic nature of his brand that's going on these last few years. But, uh, you know, as far as like our office goes, we are 100% remote, uh, with the exception of maybe one or two that go in for, uh, you know, video production needs just because the software that we have there. But, you know, it's an ongoing challenge. And, you know, even when you're talking about doing video shoots, which we do a lot of, you know, we've had to put in protocols for uh, getting tested a couple of days before and the rapid test. Sometimes the results vary from the other types of tests. So uh, it's just one of those things that we're just constantly evaluating and uh, ensuring that everybody is you know, safe and, you know, doing quarantine if necessary. But uh, as we get into the next year, we're just kind of you know waiting on all the standards coming out from the CDC and 
Um, I, not to say pivot, because I know Rand mentioned his responsibility <laughs> for his pivot. But yeah, it's a, it's a constant thing of us, uh, you know, just making changes as uh, the rest of the world is kind of going through the same situation. Yeah, boy, it's going to be, a, it, it'll be a different holiday here as we get into the, the, the Christmas and, and the holiday season as well. And I'm sure uh, you guys have changed your behaviors as well. Uh, yeah. You know, traditionally, you might go somewhere, do something, see someone. Um, but so have things changed in your world as it relates to the holidays? For me, yes, very much so. Um, we're, we'll be laying low. We're gonna we're gonna make a, a short road trip, uh, but it's just a, sh a short road trip for my wife and I to go see a couple of national parks and um, you know throw the tent and on the ground and uh, you know stay warm and and you know keep to ourselves for for the most part. Other than that, you know we st we st we've stayed home. Uh, I come to campus. Now, campus for me is, is a fairly safe environment because of all the protocols here. I, I feel very safe on campus. But other than that, no, you know, kind of kind of laying low. Cool deal. What about you, Carter? You know, I'd like to say that uh, we really haven't changed that much because having two young ones, uh, daycare and also in school, Oklahoma's, mm -hmm. you know, an A-B schedule, Monday, Tuesday, and then you have the B schedule Thursday, Friday. I uh, have a kindergartner, so... You know, we're, we're not going to avoid any kind of public settings, uh, but we just do the best that we can. And, you know, both of my kids have had to have a COVID test before. Two-year-old was not pleasant, but uh, as long as you've got a sucker waiting on the other end, she does pretty good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things you've just got to be mindful of whenever, you know, you're out and about and uh, just doing the best that you can. But, yeah, as yeah. far as Christmas plans go, we're going to take it pretty easy. Sister's flying in for about a week from Florida. Um, so we will not be doing too much, but yeah, it's hard not to be around family sometimes. Wow. And Rand, I think I've solved your Airstream problem. Oh. The Airstream is the perfect thing to do a road trip to the remote area that yep. you're talking about. Yep. Hands down. I think you've won that uh, discussion. Okay. Good. I'll take it. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, uh my company is called radio lounge and Airstream made, a broadcast trailer mm. so many years ago, and they called it the Radio Lounge. Yeah, so, I do recall that. Okay, so get yourself a Radio Lounge. That's yeah. even better. But there yeah, it, 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 our world is so much different. But what I'm seeing from both of you guys, because I can see you because you're here, is smiles on your faces, and you have hope as we move out of 2020 into 21. And also you have, um, you have some very logical ways that you're moving ahead. And we're here today talking here in December as we record this podcast uh, with an affirmation and, 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 a, and a good feeling that 2021, we'll do this. And I loved what you said before, Rand, before, you know, suck it up, get over it. You know, it's what it is. And put the other one foot in front of the other one. And let's move on and let's do some good things here in the future. Indeed. So I, I love that. Uh, love that attitude. Carter, I think I think you learned an awful lot from this gentleman. I mean, would you say that? I would say so. I haven't looked back on my uh, marketing advertising career, so uh, 16 years in the making. I think he's done a pretty good job so far on me. Well there done. Well done. And sir. Rand, uh, congratulations on what you do as an educator. Thank uh, you. It's so important. I mean, you know, you said you were a school teacher before. No, you're a professor. Thank you very much. <laughs> and a doctor as well. So it, it's great. But but Carter, thanks for the opportunity to get both of you guys together for this this uh, December podcast for the American Advertising Federation District 10. You know, we love American Advertising Federation. We're into the uh, the American Advertising Awards. Don't call them the Addies. 
uh, coming up here in, in uh, January, I think, or is it Feb? I think it's February. And, uh, we, you know, we are reinventing how we do that. I am in the midst of trying to figure out how to get a whole bunch of people to volunteer to produce a two-hour spectacular, uh, totally, and do it without Zoom. That's the one thing that we're looking at. We, we, we've, got a, we've got a place that we're going to be filming from. It's a real stage and everything with real cameras and such. So I'm going to try and make this thing look as good and cool as what I watched on television last evening with my eight-year-old, and that was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It was a live presentation on television. It was wonderful. So we're looking at that. And and, and, and as you, with, with as being the chairman of American Ad Federation, Oklahoma City, I'm sure you guys are figuring out new ways to be bigger, better, and cooler. So it's it's a good thing. But uh, but thank you both uh, for your time today. Thank and, you. Uh, happy yes, holidays. Thank you. Merry Christmas. And, and uh, you know all that wine that you have up there, Rand? Yep. Tell you me. Send, send some down our way. <laughs> <laughs> I would be pleased. I would be there pleased. You go. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So here we go into the uh, 2020 holiday season. Be safe. Enjoy it at a socially appropriate distance. And uh, look forward to, to good things to come in 2021. You've been listening to a podcast from the American Advertising Federation District 10. Find out more at aaf10.org. That's aaf10.org. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We are out there on a whole bunch of them. Do that and you'll never miss a new podcast. Your rating on iTunes will also help us grow. And don't be afraid to share what you've heard today on social media. Until next time, thank you for listening. This is Ed Tension, copyright 2020. I'm Ray Shillings.